0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. It is said that the job of the leader is to define reality. The leader needs to remind those they're leading what the present situation looks like before they cast a vision for the future. I'm joined this week by a man who has served the UK for a number of decades in helping them understand the present and the past. He is Peter Briley, who now runs Briley Consultancy. He was head of Christian Research from 1993 to 2007, and prior to that, director of Mark Europe for 10 years. Christian Research produced the UK Christian Handbook and Religious Trends, which provided invaluable understanding of trends in the UK church. It's now produced under the title UK Church Statistics. When I worked with Christianity magazine and was writing articles on the UK church, it was rare that I didn't use Peter Braley's work somewhere in the article as I started to get a handle on what was happening. So, Peter, it's a great privilege to have you on the show.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: Um, how did you get into your work as the UK church's statistician, if I can call you that?
1: <laughs> well, like most things, um, I drifted into it. I was asked in my spare time... If I would do a survey for or to help with a survey that was being done in the 1960s uh, for Billy Graham uh, evaluation of billy graham 's uh, work as a mission when he came over here, and um, I did that, and having done that for the uh, Evangelical Alliance, I was then asked uh, by the Evangelical Missionary Alliance if I would help them, and then I was asked by somebody else if I'd help them and then I was asked if somebody else I would help them. And so I did all this in my spare time, and I started the UK Christian Handbook also in my spare time in 1972. And uh, I would have continued in that sort of way because I was working with the government in those days until I saw a job applied for, um, in Bible Society, for what was called Program Director. So I applied for that. I got the job, and it was in charge of statistics under a man called Tom Houston. Uh, Tom... Uh, had a lot of wider interests, and one of them was to try to evaluate uh, how many people were going to church in the country. So he asked me if I could do that, and I already knew that the churches did not, by and large, count attendance statistics. So the only way to get it was to go uh, not via the denominations, but via individual churches. So we did what has now become to be called a church census. That was the first one in 79. Then I was asked to start Mark Europe. Then I was asked to start Christian research, and so on. And it's carried on uh, since then, and it's simply multiplied. And we've done uh, eight national church censuses now and one uh, urban church census for the 2012 London church census. So that's how it's done. Publish the results, and then people ask you more questions.
0: Well, it's, it's a, a, an invaluable source for, for folk, and I hinted at that in the introduction. I, um, I hope you appreciate how valued you are in terms of the work that you've done over the years because it is it has given key information for the UK church well
1: I take your point that you said at the beginning that if you are going to be a leader you have to have strategic information in order to know where you're going and how you're going to get there and if I can provide some of that information for strategic leadership then I'm delighted because I want to see the church grow in this country and move forward with the gospel.
0: So, I mean, your work has charted the decline, sadly, in church attendance. Um, there was a you know, survey, 89 to 98, and 98 to 2005. Um, are, are more recent trends encouraging?
1: No, not really. The, the rate of decline is lessening because of the impact of immigration which has started a lot of new churches and fresh expressions uh, which is also starting a lot of new churches so we're not going down quite as quickly as we were but it is still true that for every conversion uh, that we see into our churches four people who would have called themselves christians have died so it's one in four out and that that, that's the sort of equation that we have, and we have to live with that at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, I see on your website you've got a kind of a chart suggesting where things are going to be in 2020.
1: Yeah, 2020 is a key, um, a key year. The, it's a question of looking at age. Uh, the number of people who are over 65 in the church is increasing. We have a much, uh, we have twice the proportion. 65 and over as in the population, Um, and these folk are unfortunately uh, dying off, being promoted to glory, as the Salvation Army puts it. Um, There is a a, a good supply of people, uh, 50 to 60, 65, uh, also coming to church, who replace the 65 and overs. Uh, But after 2020, those numbers begin to drop and as a consequence, the replacement isn't there. There are more people dying because they're getting older, and uh, the numbers, I think, will begin to deteriorate uh, quite severely in the in the 2020s. And you know, we have five years or so where the numbers are just declining, but not declining that badly. But 10 years' time, I think it'll be a different story.
0: Okay. In in the US, there's been a a work suggesting that increasing numbers of Christians are not choosing to be part of a local church. Um, I wonder if there's been similar work done in the UK. Um,
1: there hasn't been much done of that work in the work in the UK. Church of Scotland have done uh, have done some of that in uh, in the Highland areas of uh, the north of Scotland. As it happened, uh, just a recent piece of research which shows quite significant numbers of people who going to church for quite a long time and then they decided that uh, it's uh, time to stop. Uh, Patrick Johnson in uh, his uh, book Operation World uh, a few years ago, now not the latest edition, the one before that uh, estimated that there were also um, probably as many or maybe even two or three times as many people outside the church who used to go to church, who go to church. So that the total collection of X churchgoers, if that's the right way to describe them, uh, is actually probably uh, quite a large proportion.
0: Well, so that, I mean, that is a significant number. I mean, certainly anecdotally, many people would say, yeah, we know people who no longer go to church, but they still claim to be Christians.
1: Well, it's one reason why things like Back to the Church Sunday are, are popular and work. It's another reason also why things like Fresh Expressions, which also have a fair number of people uh, who uh, have come back to church, coming to fresh expressions. About a third of their uh, of their churchgoers, you know, as been uh, George Ling's of the Church Army has discovered, are um, uh, 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 folk who have come back to church, not to the normal formal church, but have come back to to uh, fresh expressions type of worship and enjoy it.
0: Excellent. Um, now you've mentioned uh, immigration, uh, and th- that's helping to. Um, Lessen the rate of decline that the, the the black majority churches, ethnic congregations, has certainly changed the church landscape, particularly in London.
1: Well, London has seen the brunt of uh, immigration, um, and uh, especially with uh, black uh, folk coming from the Caribbean or from especially West or West Africa, and the black churches collectively are starting an enormous number of churches. Um, I mean, the Pentecostal churches started 500 churches between 2005 and 2012, just in London. I mean, 500 churches in seven years is a fairly good record. Um, the largest of those uh, of those denominations, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, also has started something like 500 churches, also in the same period, but this time throughout the country. Um, so some of these groups are are very, very keen to start new churches, plant new churches, uh, neighbourhood churches. Uh, they they hire a room above a pub in the old Kent Road and then say to their na- friends and neighbours, come to my church. Um, I'm worshipping on the, you know, um, ab- above the uh, above the Victory pub in, uh, at number 22 or whatever it happens to be. And they come. Many of them are small, but some of them grow into quite large, Gatherings of hundreds, and sometimes the biggest ones are in the thousands.
0: Well, well, uh, and of course, um, the Catholic Church has seen, uh, you know, kind of some restoration by, uh, you know, some of the immigrants from Eastern Europe, particularly.
1: Well, the Catholic Church, especially in London, have been uh, very forward in establishing churches and chaplaincies for those immigrants coming to this country from uh, what one could call Catholic countries. So, I mean, for example, seven Croatian Catholic churches have started in London in the last few years, but you can go to, you have a Maltese church, you have a Romanian church, you have an Estonian church, Lithuanian church, uh, uh, d- literally dozens of churches in Westminster Diocese of the Catholic Westminster diocese alone thirty five different language churches have started since two
0: thousand and five wow well it 's astonishing so um, um, at one point, you identified a a connection between church growth and having a youth group of some sort. Is that—is that still the case, that having a youth group is vital to a healthy church?
1: Yes, and it's been, uh, it, it is. And uh, the Church of England did a very big research exercise a couple of years ago and published their results in a book called From Anecdote to Evidence. And uh, one of the things that they proved quite conclusively was that those churches with youth workers are much, much more likely uh, to grow than those without.
0: Wow. And um, does that go for children's workers as well, or is it just oh, yes. specifically youth? Youth in this
1: context is youth and children. Youth yes. and children.
0: Okay, so because there has been an increasing uh, number of children's uh, yes. workers,
1: that is true. Somebody asked me uh, some little while ago, uh, you know, have youth workers worked <laughs> uh, in the sense of holding the church? And the answer is yes. I did a statistical evaluation of it all, and the answer is yes. Uh, without youth workers the uh, number of youth in the church would have declined quite dramatically. Uh, whether they have it has grown uh, because of youth workers is a $64,000 question, but they have certainly retained youth uh, within a faith orbit for much longer than they otherwise would have done. And the same thing is true for the children's
0: workers. Right. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Peter Briney. Peter's the... Uh, runs a uh, Brit- uh, Briley consultancy and uh, he's been a statistician for some decades and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to leadership file with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Peter Briley. Peter is uh, the, was formerly the head of Christian research and director of Mark Europe. Uh, he now runs Briley consultancy, continues to work uh, on uh, helping the UK church understand better uh, the scene and some of the trends that are, um, that, uh, uh, they 're facing uh, we were talking before the break of uh, of s- how sadly the, the there's been a decline in church attendance in uh, recent decades and some of the um, ways in which uh, particularly immigration and uh, the rise of black majority churches have helped to halt that rate of decline, but moving on to you mentioned fresh expressions, Peter, a bit earlier um, It was started in part because of a recognition from the Church of England, the Methodist denomination that something needed to be done. Is it possible to, to say how successful that's been? You said Yes, it's, it's it has
1: been enormously successful. Mm. I yeah. mean, absolutely enormously mm. successful. Um, the word fresh expressions has now come to be a sort of generic word yeah. uh, to include not only um, uh, churches which have that specific de- designation, but pub churches, cafe churches, mission-minded churches, messy churches, Churches, Church Without Walls in Scotland, for example. Uh, it's, so it's a, it, it's a generic uh, word now, really, but at the same time, it has been enormously successful. There have been hundreds, uh, uh, literally hundreds, even thousands of, of them started um, over the last five, ten years. It is one of the major reasons why the church uh, is not declining as fast as it might do, simply because of the huge number of people who are coming fresh expressions. George Lings has researched them carefully. The average size is about 40 people. Uh, he says two, uh, two-fifths of those are people who are, have been previously totally outside the church. So those numbers coming in is, is tremendous. It's great. Um, it, it isn't sufficient to stem the decline, uh, but it is certainly something which uh, uh, makes the decline uh, slower. Um, and it isn't just ones and twos of fresh expressions. There are hundreds. The Methodist Church has eight, nine hundred. Uh, the Anglicans have something similar, um, and, and there are uh, there in other denominations also. There are literally thousands of fresh expression churches, and collectively, they are uh, encouraging people to come back to church. Of course, fresh expressions are very different. They're informal. I always think of them as they as standing before, for 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 four things all beginning with f they're fun there's food there's uh, families and there's fellowship and of course there's a serious side of worship and and prayer and meditation as well but ne- but, but 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 they are they don't always meet in a church uh only half of them meet in a church building they don't always meet on a sunday um they, they they are informal gatherings um and their genius is that they are totally informal uh, but they are, and, but they are in uh, an institutional framework, uh, which is very interesting. Genius of uh, of um, the Archbishop, uh, previous Archbishop, who uh, Rowan Williams, who uh, t- t- thought
0: through the scheme. Well, it is it is terrific and great to hear, and uh, good to put some statistics to um, to, to that sort of sense. Um, um, Maybe 40 years ago, 50 years ago, um, the new church uh, streams were the kind of new kid on the block. And, uh, of course, many of the founders, such as Roger Forster, Gerald Coates, Terry Virgo, have, have reached, in quotes, retirement age. I know they would all continue to be very active. But, um, but talk a, bit, a little bit about the new church movement and where it is today in terms of... Uh...
1: Well, the uh, handing over leadership... Uh, hasn't always worked as smoothly with these different groups as it might have done, uh, um, and what has happened with a number of them, especially the larger ones like New Frontiers, is they uh, they have um, dispersed uh, rather than continued. So that uh, uh, individual uh, New Frontiers churches can, by all means, uh, continue to uh, associate with other New Frontiers churches if they wish to do so. But if they don't wish to do so, they don't need to. And something similar has happened with some of the other big, big groups as well. But others are continuing. Uh, Vineyard is is there and the strong salt and light ground level, uh, and so on are are there continuing and and growing, continuing to grow. So um, has it been a success? Well, it's something been quite different, uh, and uh, different people's experiences have. Have been different. The Holy Spirit has guided in a variety of different ways, but the consequence has been uh, an establishment of a new type of church, uh, which in general has attracted. Uh, well, it's at its peak. About two hundred thousand people uh, were going to new, new stream churches.
0: Well, well that's, a, that's a, it's a sizable number, isn't it? Um, mm. But I mean, as you view the church landscape and knowing the hard facts as you do. Are there things that surprise you about the way local churches use their resources?
1: Well, you have to ask, are they always using them in the most strategic way? Uh, A huge number of churches uh, are involved in community activity of one kind or another. Uh, We did a fascinating survey for the Salvation Army some years ago, in which one of the questions was, what what are the midweek activities your church uh, does? and we obviously got a, a list as long as you're on. And, but the second question was how many people uh, have joined the church through this particular activity in the past year? And two-thirds of churches had a mums and toddlers group, as it was called then, uh, and it, it was by far the most, most important group uh, activity that churches put on. And the second most important group was a retirement group, older people group neither of these was the best way of getting people into church. They came right down the bottom of the second question, and the ones that came at the top were much more personal things. Bereavement counseling uh, was something that drew people into the church far more uh, successfully and permanently than mums and toddlers groups, which is very interesting. So you have to ask your question. uh, When you have a midweek activity. What is the reason why you are doing it? Is it because you got spare space in your church and someone's asked you and you say, "Yep, yeah, okay"? Or is it to get a bit of income? Or is it is there a gospel missional intent behind that particular activity? And if there is a missional intent, as there is with many of the larger churches, that's when the, that's what helps the churches to grow. If there is no missional intent. If you have no strategic purpose behind your activity, you won't grow.
0: I think it's a, that's a fascinating um, but uh, helpful <laughs> yeah, understanding of, um, of, of how to how to assess what you're doing. So thank you. Um, you've done some uh, work on the optimal length of a senior pastor stroke vicar's ministry, I see.
1: Well, many ministers say they have a 10-year itch. You know, after about 10 years, they want to sort of move on to someplace else. And uh, research would suggest that that's probably about right. Uh, the likelihood of a church growing under a particular minister is after he or she's been there between seven and nine years. So, you know, 10 years is, a, is perhaps right. On the other hand, there are scores of uh, ministers who have served much longer than 10 years, successfully longer than 10 years, 10 years, 20 years, sometimes to 30 years, and there are even one or two who have been there for 40 years. Uh, the issue with the long-term servers is the succession problem, and there have been many who have served for a long time, handed over to somebody else when they retired eventually, and the church has collapsed. Uh, and 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 so succession has to be a major part of the issue of any minister, actually. Um, and uh, uh, but the ten-year bit seems to be about something that. Uh, as I said, uh, a lot of churches do that churches which which have a uh, uh, emphasis on retiring ministers more quickly than every ten years, like the Methodist Church every five years, have found in general that churches don 't grow, and part of the reason for that is that they turn over their senior leadership too quickly
0: right no it 's interesting interesting observation. Um, Just as we close, Peter, if you were able to address church leaders in the UK, what would be the key stats that you would stress which would shape their strategy?
1: Uh, Well, I would say the one I quoted earlier. There's one conversion, but for every conversion there are four people who die. Uh, So that is a critical piece of what has to be thought about. The second bit is also what uh, came out in earlier conversation, and that is actually keeping people as well as reaching people is hugely important. Who are the people who are not so likely to stay on? Why is it that they're not staying on? Even those who've been the church who are the pillars of the church, Willow Creek in uh, research has found, unless uh, sometimes those who are wobbling most. So how do we help people to retain their spirituality? And the third thing I would say is, uh, can you be more informal, like Fresh Expressions? If Fresh Expressions is working, and there's no question that it is, and working well, (laughs) why not repeat it in your church, or some of the characteristics of it in your church? Because if it works with other people, or it works with thousands of others, surely it could probably work for you as well.
0: Splendid, thank you. Uh, Just in closing then, um, any events that you've got coming up that we could uh, know about?
1: do more widespread surveys across uh, across the country, uh, there are some meetings in place to try to see if that can be enhanced and happen. Um, the, I, as you mentioned earlier, I have just uh, published the uh, uh, UK Church Statistics, the second volume. Uh, there's lots of interest in that uh, and some of the dynamics that are I- implicit in that, uh, and not least uh, in what is happening in London because I give in that particular volume the detailed breakdown borough by borough of uh, of church life in London. And um, uh, frankly, it's fascinating. I mean, the, 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 the London is bubbling at the moment, um, and it's bubbling uh, because of the black churches and their enthusiasm. It's bubbling uh, because of the immigration and the numbers coming in who are being befriended. 14% of all the churches services in London are held in a foreign language. One in seven, that's quite a high percentage. It is, isn't it, yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot that is happening, actually, and although I'm afraid overall, the the overall statistics are are negative and are are, are declining, there are lots of initiatives which are people are saying, hey, let's do something, and people are thinking strategically, saying, what can we do? Because unless we give top priority to the proclamation of the gospel, in ten years' time, there may be no churches. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a, that's a salutary point to finish. But thank you so much for for all that you've shared. Um, people can get in touch with you by briarly Consultancy. Um, that's B R I E R L E Y. Um, if you're wondering, Briley, on...
1: the website is www. Yeah. Uh, Consultancy, All one word. dot com, and that gives you all the information you need.
0: Fantastic. Good. Well, it's been terrific to chat with you. Thank you for. Um, for your time and thank you for tuning in and uh, look forward to your company again next Sunday. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.